0: Good morning, church. Um, for those who do not know who I am, I'm Josiah. Uh, my wife and I are part of the core team here. Um, and for the past month or so, I've been helping to lead the services and helping get things organized um, while our pastor has been gone on sabbatical. Um, we have a very special day today. Uh, our pastor and his wife are back. Um, um, so I'm just going to give us a quick summary of everything that we've touched on over the past couple of weeks, um, but before we do that, I'd like to just take a, a moment to pray. Um, Lord, thank you so much for today, Lord. We thank you for new beginnings, Lord, as we as the peer, after coming out of this sabbatical, this is not just a time that Wayne and Sue were gone, but this was a time where We were really able to focus in on what our purpose is as the peer, Lord. Um, We pray, Lord, as we now move forward, that we will move forward in confidence and endurance, Lord. Um, We thank you so much for this time, Lord. Um, And as we jump into this new uh, season of life at the peer, Lord, that you will be guiding us every step of the way. You are the good shepherd who never leaves us, Lord. And, Lord, I, I feel uh, called to pray this, Lord. I feel that there is a presence in this room that does not desire to see the peer survive. Lord, that there is an enemy who desires to distract us, who desires to get us off course, who desires for us to compromise. Lord, may you be our light. May you shine in the darkness and reveal those ugly faces to us so that we can fight against it. Amen. Amen. All right. So over the past few, past month, we as a, man, English is going to be hard today. Okay. (laughs) We as a church have had the opportunity um, to go through what the purpose of the church is, its future, um, our role in it, and we're really continuing that on today. So I'm going to just give us some highlights from the past couple of weeks. Uh, the first two weeks, we had Pastor Wayne uh, discuss what the Sabbath is and how it applies to our lives. And we learned that the Sabbath is a gift from given from God to refocus and align ourselves to God. It is a time specifically devoted to him. Um, the next week, we had Kurt Beacons come who walked us through what the church exactly is. And we learned that the church is God's physical body going out and reaching into the world around us. Um, the next week we had Brett Burgess who showed us that the church, uh, how the church influences the world around us. And we learned that because we possess God's eternal kingdom, it now requires our action to go spread it. Um, and the week after that, we learned more about what the, uh, the peer's future is and what the peer's future could look like. And that was demonstrated through uh, Sir Captain Robert Falcon Scott and Peter. Uh, who showed us that, Christ, and last but certainly not least, uh, Ryan Fawn explained us, uh, explained how our individual roles are in the church, um, and he did that through explaining that it's through our everyday lives, be that at Costco or Starbucks or whatever, it is our everyday life that pushes God's kingdom forward. Um, again, today is a very special day as we get to welcome our pastor back um, But I also want to give us a little bit of a a warning going into this new beginning. Um, We now have two choices as the peer in this new beginning. We can either choose to follow Christ and walk with him daily or fail due to compromise and lack of courage. Um, If you would turn with me to Matthew 25, uh, verses 31 through 46... I will give you more time than I did last time. I, like, flew through things when I preached. Matthew, Matthew 25, 31 through 46. All right. I'll give you a couple more seconds. <laughs> Bob also has Bibles, so if you do not have a Bible, Bob will pass them out. Uh, just raise up your hand if you need one. Uh, it's, it's Matthew twenty-five thirty-one through forty-six. Yes, uh, your your Bible will probably uh, have it titled as Sheep and Goats. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I am going to get started with this. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then will he sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats, and he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom Prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I was naked and you gave me clothing. And I was sick and you cared for me. And I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink. Or a stranger and show you hospitality. Or naked and give you clothing. When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did this to one of the least of my brethren, you have done it to me. And then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away with you. You curse one into an eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you never visited me. And then they will reply, Lord. What did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison? And I'll help you. And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment. But the righteous will go into eternal life. It is a very hard story to have to read Um, the great warning in this passage is that the sheep or the goats thought they were sheep they had lived amongst the sheep their whole lives and didn't do anything different they had convinced themselves so much that they were so righteous that they they didn't feel they had to do anything different they never listened to God's word They never, if they truly loved their shepherd, they would have followed what he had told them. Just as we had learned with uh, Robert Falcon Scott, we as God's flock need to constantly listen to our master's commands. If we don't, we're in danger of walking further from him. And when we're found, we try to play the blame game and find a scapegoat, not knowing we're the goat. I read this to you to remind us every day, are we truly living for God's kingdom? Are we here just playing church like a kid who who plays house but once he's an adult continues playing house and never actually gets a job and does the hard work? I encourage us every single day to go back to this word, to remember what our role is as the church and to live it out. And before uh, we jump into some more worship and invite Wayne, I'd like to have Wayne and Sue stand up, and I'd like to, as a church, pray them back into our congregation. Um, So if I could also have our our elders come up as well um, to just lay hands, and if you want to lift hands to Wayne and Sue as well, um, that is great, but I'd really like for us to um, pray for them. holy and true. God of creation, God of the Old Testament, God of the new, and God of our future, God of the pure, we thank you so, so much for this time that we as a congregation have been able to t- focus in on our role in your great story, Lord. We thank you for sending Wayne and Sue into the wilderness to refocus themselves onto you. We thank you, Lord, that we are now at a new starting point. We've come over a mountain, Lord, and we are now in a valley. But there are many peaks before us and many difficulties that lay ahead. But Lord, through endurance, we shall conquer, Lord. We shall endure and follow after our great leader through a land so wild and savage. Lord, may you bless our pastor and his wife, Lord, as they continue to lead us. And may you bless this congregation as more and more leaders are formed, Lord. And may this neighborhood be so overwhelmed by the light that comes from this family. We thank you so much for all that you do. And in your great and holy and powerful name, we say amen.
1: I promised one of my leaders that during the service uh, that the focus would not be on me. Um, I want to focus uh, strictly on Jesus Christ. And so um, we will have a time, our, kind of our schedule of the day is, and for visitors, if somebody's just come in, um, uh, we're going to have this service. We're going to have a potluck afterwards. And then during dessert of the potluck, um, there's a few pictures that... Uh, uh, that uh, Ryan and I have arranged and you're welcome to stay for that I, I get it that it might get late but uh, if you would like to see that that's fine if not that's fine also but uh, the thing that I thought about is timing timing I don't know if any of you know this I know our leaders do but two and a half years ago we began the, d- the thought about a sabbatical and as we started talking about it uh, the leadership uh, decided to go into a, uh, looking at a grant called the Lilly Foundation, in which they actually give money to pastors to take sabbaticals. And so we began the journey for about nine months in that time to write up a um, a grant request. And by the grace of God, by his mighty moving, yeah. <laughs> you don't hear pastors say that much, do you? <laughs> But it's true, because of timing. It wasn't time, and it wasn't the way that God had planned. And so uh, we began to move forward, and the Spirit spoke to us and said, we still need to follow this way. We need to still go this path. And so we uh, started looking at it, and they they put it back on my shoulders, and they said, okay, when? And I said, I don't know but we began to pray about it. And uh, we thought, well, maybe later, 23, may, possibly nineteen or 2024, who knows? But it ended up being uh, September of 2023 because of timing, because of timing. Now, some of you are new uh, to our service. Uh, some have just joined us within the last uh, year. Uh, and um, I want you to, Think about this, it's God's timing. You're here because of God's timing at this time. You know, it's interesting to me that as I think about the Israelites, I think about the fact that um, in Abraham's day that the Lord came to him um, as a smoking pot, the only one going through the cut um, cut animals, uh, which was the sign of the covenant uh, in those days. And, um, and he said this. He said to, to, to Abraham, he said, um, your descendants are going to inherit this land, but not until they're ready. And it will be 400 years that they will be in captivity, and then I will bring them out of captivity. And I will bring them unto this land. You know, I know how many of you have... And are going through very difficult times. Um, I, I, I know. I know. But do you realize there's a reason for that? God never brings you through a wilderness not for a reason. It's always for a purpose. And sometimes we sit and we get frustrated and upset with, the, with, with, the, with what we're going through. But if we'll just trust the Lord and believe in his amazing timing. You, you know God... Loved you so much, he made time for you. He made time for you. And so, um, and so as soon as I began this journey uh, of this um, sabbatical, we really believed that, um, that God had made time for us to spend time with him. And so we made it a purpose for us to spend time with God every day. Every day. Together as a couple. And uh, I made the decision uh, to go through the book of Deuteronomy. And there's a reason for that, because for two reasons. First of all, it is the most quoted uh, book of the Old Testament by Jesus himself. So he, he thought that Deuteronomy was important for us to remember. I told somebody recently, I said, whatever Jesus brings forward from the Old Testament, we ought to listen to very carefully. He's bringing a principle that has been throughout human history for a reason. And so that's the first reason. The second reason is because the book of Deuteronomy is about, um, about new beginnings, about second chances. And I don't know if you need to hear that as, as hard as I do. But it's true. And I know that some of you have gone through some devastating things and you've, you've thought your life was over with. It's not. We serve a God of second chances. And we serve a God of new beginnings. And so, um, and so every day we spent time together in reading God's word and in prayer. Um, and so I want to read. Some scripture from, and I appreciate that brother, my brother who used the, the NLT, because that is the book we read the whole time. So I know it won't be, some of, your, some of your versions won't be the same as mine, but still, please listen to it. Deuteronomy 4. I want to read to you the uh, uh, verse 32 uh, through 40. Deuteronomy 4, 32 through 40. And as I read this, I want you to put your name into it. I want you to think about it from your own heart and the fact that he's literally speaking these words to you personally. You get that? Let's hear it. Uh, 32 through 40. Uh, Deuteronomy 4, 32 through 40. says this, "...now search all of history." from the time God created people on the earth until now and search from one end of the heavens to the other, has anything as great as this ever been seen or heard before? Has any nation ever heard the voice of God speaking from fire as you did and survived? Has any other God dared to take a nation for himself out of another nation by means of trials, miraculous signs, Wonders, war, a strong hand, a powerful arm, and terrifying acts. (laughs) Yeah. Yet that is what the Lord your God did for you in Egypt right before your eyes. He showed you these things so that you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. He let you hear his voice from heaven so that you could, he could instruct you. He let you see his great fire here on earth so he could speak to you from it because he loved your ancestors. He chose to bless their descendants and he personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove out nations far greater than you so you, he could bring you in and give you their land as your special possession. As it is today. So remember this. Keep it firmly in mind. The Lord is God, both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other. If you obey all the decrees and commands I am giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. I am giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land the Lord God has given you for all time. Sue and I had the attitude, Lord, we're open to whatever you want to show us. And one thing he showed us was the gods that are being served in this country. Showed us very clearly from the Pueblo Indians, who I believe, Sue's not sure, she's in agreement with this, but in um, uh, um, Mesa Verde, there is the old cliff-dwelling structures that were built by the Pueblos. They no longer let people go into them because they believe their ancestors still live in those buildings, and it's disrespectful for people to walk into them. That is a lie. In California, we saw evidences of what's called the third eye, which is self-enlightenment that a door is opened as though it's a third eye in your head to give you more enlightenment about life. We saw it everywhere. And I mean, to the point in some places that the hair on our neck stood straight up. We saw um, in Nashville um, the God of sensuality and partying as the city was just torn apart by people drinking and living, um, you know, eat and drink and be merry for tomorrow we die, and just living in that reality. We saw that there. Non-condemning. I love those people. We cried for those people, but these are the things. These are the Egypts that are in our country, and God Listen, God took you out of Egypt. He took us out of Egypt, out of, out of our sins of our lives, out of that which had, um, that had been um, um, burying us and trying to destroy us. Anybody got what I'm saying? And he did it. He did it because he loves us. And he set us as his own people to do his will on this earth. And Sue and I just, we, we, just we, we just experienced that, we felt that, um, and uh, we ended up going to four churches, and it was like God was speaking to us at each church. It was like he literally just set Sue and I aside and said, okay, I'm going to talk to you too. Um, in uh, Kingsman, um, or Kingman, Arizona, the pastor preached on Luke 15 about the, the shepherd going out after the one, leaving the 99 and going after the one. And he said this. He said, unless the love of Jesus Christ is in your heart, you will never go out because until you get the love that he has for the lost, you'll never go to the lost. Isn't that, I just, it, just, it just hit us. It just hit us. That is, um, Josiah talked about that spirit that is trying to destroy us, was also trying to bury us. He's trying to bury us. He's trying to keep us in bad decisions, in situations, in relationships we shouldn't, in, in areas that we should in doing things that we shouldn't because that keeps the love of God out of our heart. And when that happens, we've lost our first love. We don't go out. We went to the Tombstone Cowboy Church. Yes. And uh, and yeah, oh, that was that was, a, that was amazing. Uh, time, but he preached on Ephesians 2.10, that for we are God's masterpieces, and he said this, do you treat everybody like a masterpiece? Do you love people like they're God's masterpiece, or do they frustrate you because they're not doing what you think they ought to? Every single one is God's masterpiece. I was just like... (laughs) Y'all say amen, Was like Sue and I were just kind of riveted in our chairs going, he's saying the same thing, church after church. We went to Belmont Church um, where Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith grew up and, uh, and were sent out into the world. And he preached on, um, one, uh, on Philippians 1.9. It says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. The reason why is because Christ's return is soon. Are you getting a the theme? We did, and we ended up at Crossroads Church here in Grand Rapids. And uh, it was, a, it was a, a guy who was getting his uh, PhD who preached. It wasn't the pastor uh, that normally preaches. He's getting his PhD, and he wrote a PhD on the kingdom of God. And he talked about you walk with two kingdoms begging for your heart. The first is the kingdom of Babylon, or it started out as Babel, where you're trying to get your own name, and the kingdom of God, where the name of Jesus Christ is lifted up. He said, which kingdom is winning? And he said, if the kingdom of God is winning in your heart, guess what? Your love for people will grow more and more and your desire for them to know Jesus will grow more and more. I mean, I'm no, you know, rocket science here, but I've got the same message out of every church four times. Does your pastor get it? I hope so. And so, yeah, I mean, and there's, there's a lot more I could talk about, but uh, Josiah and I promise to keep these short, kind of. So we, we saw great emptiness in our country, a spirit emptiness that is trying to, uh, to fill people by their own actions and their own plans. And as we spent time in prayer, and Sue one night, Sue one night was woken up in the middle of the night. She spent the whole night praying for you all right on down each row. She saw your faces and she prayed for you. Um, but we pray that... Um, that as, um, as we grow as a church, that our, our love will grow more and more for each other, for the Lord and for each other and for the lost. Because our God loves the lost with those hearts. heart. Um, and so in the back is a, is, a, uh, uh, is a whiteboard, and on that whiteboard are 50 names. Uh, we made it a game as we drove down the road. If we saw your name, we took a picture of it, and, uh, and so we don't have everybody's. I'm sorry, uh, and um, Andrew, we only found an Andy, so sorry, but, you, but we just want you to know, if you find your name up there, uh, we were trying to, we were thinking about you, and so, new beginnings, new beginnings, as I shared with you, um, I, we read from the book of Deuteronomy, uh, but God also has spoken to us. We were given a book by a couple from this church. And he wrote a uh, section on standing on empty. And it it talks about the fact that if you're really going to truly follow the Lord, you have to be willing to stand on the emptiness of your own life and the emptiness of your own plans, the emptiness of your own um, uh Desires, emptiness of yourself, and stand there believing that he is your only desire, that he is your plan, that he is the one um, that is your life. And, you know, we talk about that, but you know the measure of it? You're witness to others. For the measure of your witness is the measure of your emptiness of yourself. As you witness Jesus Christ to others, you have to empty yourself. And it just, it, it, it just hit me. Uh, this book has been transformative. It's uh, by uh, K.P. Johanan. Uh, he wrote the book, uh, Living in the Light of Eternity meaning every decision, every direction, everything that you do is in the light of eternity, not in the light of the finite. And how much of our life is lived by the finite? The things of this earth, what's important to us, the passions that we have on this earth, where I fear and and what I do to cover up my fears. And so, um, yeah, and and so... Uh, The book of Isaiah, uh, the 49th uh, chapter, says these words, and just let me read them to you. Uh, You can look it up later if you'd like to write it down. It says, Now the Lord speaks, the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. That's everyone who is a Christian. Testimony. That it's the Lord that commissioned, the Lord chose you, the Lord has set your life on on a course, and I I hope that's true. Listen, it goes on, it says, he says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. That's our call. That's our call. Not just that, that, um, that our families are doing good and that we've got enough money in the bank and that we're all set and we're all safe, but that, but that there's more. We're to be a light to the world. And, uh, and then he ends. And part of this is a warning. The Lord, the Redeemer of the Holy One of Israel, says to the one who is despised and rejected by the nations, To the one who is the servant of rulers, kings will stand at attention when you pass by. Princes will also bow low because the Lord, the faithful one, the holy one of Israel, who has chosen you. Yes, you're going to go through difficulties. Yes, you're going to be rejected, just like Jesus Christ has been in this world. Yes, but there will be a day that everyone will... Every tongue will confess and every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. And guess what? They'll both bow before the Jesus that lives in you too. And so even the disrespect and the hatred and the, the, the rejection that you experience on this earth, you will um, receive um, f- hundredfold beyond that in him. I have a whole lot more uh, that I had written. Um, I'm not going to go over it because our time is short. But the one thing that kept coming up was, and we found it in Kingman first. <laughs> it's a card. It said, Lord, we ask for king- Kingman. We ask for Kingman. And I thought to myself, to my own detriment, have I led you have we as a family asked for the tri-cities that are that meet in our community did you know that tri-cities meet here do you you understand the implication of the importance of this point grand rapids wyoming and kentwood all meet and converge here that's not by accident He wants us to be a light to three cities. And he called us here. You're not sitting your tail in that seat by accident. He's calling us to be a witness to them in this community. You you get that? I mean, Hamlet, he moved you here miraculously for a reason. Think about this, people. It really hit me, and I don't know where the leadership of this church is going to go, but I know I'm going to lead them to say, hey, I think we got a new campaign. Now, campaigns come and go, right, if they're, if they're human-driven. But if they're spirit Lord, give us Grand Rapids. Give us Wyoming. Give us Kentwood. How many of you live in one of those cities? how many have moved back into Egypt like living in Caledonia? Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I share that. There's <laughs> been many times it says, Lord, why? No, I'm not going to go into that. But anyways, um, no, but it, it just, you know, yes. Y- you got to understand, God has brought you You live in Grand Rapids because he wants your city. You live in Wyoming because he wants your city. You live in Kentwood because he wants your city. Do you get that? Did you move out to Granville? Is is your condo in Granville? Dude, you know, just repent and return. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually thought about Granville, but I couldn't quite bring its borders close enough to really see the convergence here. But we can include Granville and Caledonia. (laughs) Um, I know. I know you are. I know you are. I know you are. Um, This is just one story. Um, We're going to spend some time in prayer, and I'm going to give um, Josiah a couple minutes up before we get into it. But just one story before I left. Um, one of my neighbors, uh, her name is Dilly, she, um, she died just before we left, and um, her and I were like this all the time, I mean, just bantering each other, and just, she said to me, she said, I've listened to you preach on, on, online, she said, I couldn't go to your church. I said, why, Dilly? She says, because you preach too long. <laughs> and, and, so, and so, but anyways, but she listened and she actually supported this church at one time. Uh, but anyway, she died just before I left on sabbatical. And her dying wish was that I would speak at her funeral. You know, g- God is up to some great things. And I got to meet a family, some of them who don't know the Lord, and I got to, with her friends, because I included all her friends, um, we got to witness Jesus Christ to them. You know, the, the, the doors are opening, and so... Um, after Josiah is done, we're going to spend some time praying. The way that we're going to do that is I'm going to have a microphone. And if you, uh, and some of you are familiar with us, if you would just raise your hand, uh, we're just going to spend some time as a congregation, just lifting the name of the Lord up. Y- you may have some things. Um, I have some things, uh, to repent of, uh, because I, um, I stand up in front of you, you know, when, 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 um, when, uh, Ryan was singing that song about the fact that we got, to, or praying, I think it was, about following our leader, I, I thought to myself, I'm the underleader. Jesus Christ is the leader of this church. He's the one we are to follow. And when your pastor's not following him, you need to bring him to account too. Because we saw a lot of that around this country too. We've seen a lot of churches turn away from the Lord. And so, anyways, Josiah, why don't you come on up and, uh, and then we'll go in time of prayer.
0: I will try to make this fast. We'll find out. Um, if you'd like to turn with me to Judges 2, 18 through 23, um, just due to time, I'm just going to get started. Oh, here's your Bible again. Uh, Judges 2, 18 through 23, and I will begin. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, He was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people who are burdened by oppression and suffering. But when the judge died, the people returned to their corrupt ways, behaving worse than those who had lived before them. They went after other gods, serving and worshiping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. So the Lord burned with anger against Israel. And he said, Because these people have violated my covenant, which I made with their ancestors, and have ignored my commands, I will no longer drive out the nations that Joshua left unconquered when he died. I did this to test Israel, to see whether or not they would follow the ways of the Lord as their ancestors did. That is why the Lord left those nations in place. He did not quickly drive them out or allow Joshua to conquer them. I would like to highlight uh, what verse 22 says. God allowed extremely difficult things to remain in the new beginning. Israel had just come out of this great difficulty, this great miracle, um, and now they're in this new creation, this new start, and God is still allowing difficulties into their life. God could and probably will, allow very difficult things to happen to the peer in this new beginning. It's very, very likely. Um, But it is for our betterment. And the only way to survive such situations is through patient endurance. And to better highlight this endurance, I'm going to take us back to Antarctica. Um, If some of you may remember, uh, a couple weeks ago, we... Got to learn a little bit more about Robert Falcon Scott. We learned that he had uh, gone into an- Antarctica, had suffered great difficulties, and eventually was overcome by those difficulties and died. Um, Robert Falcon Scott had a comrade named Ernest Shackleton who had gone with him on his first journey. Uh, two years after Shackle- uh, Scott's death, Shackleton decided he was going to go back to Antarctica. Uh, and like scott's men shackleton made a very poor choice that involved sea ice and all 27 of his men and their boat uh fittingly named the endurance um, were stuck in the sea ice and their ship was hopelessly stuck and actually eventually sank leaving all 27 of these men stuck on the ice but unlike scott who died in the difficulties shackleton endured One of his greatest sayings that he ever said, to conquer is to endure. And after two and a half years stuck in Antarctica, Scott's men endured, and every single one of them survived. To endure requires difficulty. You don't need difficulties to sit on the couch and watch TV. But you do need it to survive. And as we begin this new journey as the family of God, let us endure every hardship that comes before us, walking in faith and never forgetting the irreplaceable joy set before us. Through endurance, we shall conquer through the blood of Christ. And as we jump into this time of prayer, may we remember our God endured everything for our sakes.
1: So as we get in time of prayer, it's just uh, just raise your hand, and uh, we get, I'll just run around and give you the mic, and we can spend some time in prayer. So let me open it up as we begin. Father in heaven, uh, I thank you for this family. I thank you, Lord, that you're a God that draws a family together and loves a family. Lord, you're not, we're not here to develop some kind of big organization, but only to grow the kingdom of God and to love each other as you have loved us. And so, Father, as we do that, I pray that uh, you will bless this time of prayer and that you will open people's hearts up and that, Father, as we begin these new beginnings, that, Father, you will um, uh, just soften the hearts of people. And may we cry out to you for prayer is really just intimacy with you. And then we get to think your thoughts after you. We love you and we trust you in the name of Jesus.